Greetings. Welcome to Therapist Take. In this particular episode, we have a guest named Carl Patterson, and he is a licensed therapist and a spoken word artist. But about six minutes into this episode, following this intro, we play a portion of a TEDx talk featuring Carl, where he performs a poem he had written. But unfortunately, due to copyright laws, we had to cut that portion from this publication. That said, please check out the show notes and click on the link to that TEDx talk and listen to the amazing poetry of Carl Patterson. I believe it's the first thing he does in that video, and it's only about a minute long. Plus, after listening to it, you'll have better context to the discussion that we have immediately following the first six minutes. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Josh. <laughs> it's good seeing you today. <laughs> yes, you too. <laughs> My favorite time of the week is our podcast time, oh, by the way, just nice. so you know. Even with the technical just, difficulties. It is. It's just relaxed. Can you tell, Carl? Yes, it's, I can. It's a bit okay. real, more it's, it's like a nice, nice environment. <sighs> Nicer. Because yeah. like when we're doing therapy, it's like just this hardcore pace. You just like one client after another. You yeah. got to get this, get this, and you get a lunch break, but you got to hurry up and get that done. Because mm-hmm. you, you got to get your notes done. Right, because yeah. you got to get your notes right. done, yeah. mm-hmm. which we don't have internet today. So I'm so going home to do, to do my notes. Yeah, <laughs> right? uh, We have homework. That's right. Exactly. Uh, so let me introduce Carl. Carl, thanks for being here today, first of all. Thank and you I'm just going to kind of give a brief introduction and we can kind of get into dialogue. But um, the reason we're doing the topic, the power of the spoken word, is, is twofold. One is we're all therapists here and the words are meaningful to us. But secondly, you are actually, in addition to being a licensed counselor, mm-hmm. you're a spoken word artist. Yes. Correct? Yes. And so uh, uh, we will put some links in the description to a couple uh, TEDx talks, which we're going to actually play a little clip from one of those today that uh, Carl has been a part of, which are really good, where he addresses the spoken word and some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, that, are, that uh, it's, it's, going, it's packed with things. You know, you, you know how TED talks are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, you also uh, are part of a band. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a group. It's a hip hop spoken word group, uh, mm-hmm. collective, if you will, um, and that formed maybe about six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. um, with the idea of just spreading positive messaging and tackling some some things that you know some folks don't speak about mm-hmm. or talk about. So. If you want to mm-hmm. plug them, what? what? Yeah, um, well, we call it the Space Program. Um, that's the name, and uh, we have a lot of things going on right now, but. Um, we were started by a guy named Stevie Johnson. He goes by Dr. View. Um, this started when he started his dissertation project. Mm-hmm. And being a producer and a DJ, he decided that he wanted to do more than just create the written format of a dissertation. Mm-hmm. He decided he wanted to create an album to kind of go along with it mm-hmm. uh, based on his research. Mm-hmm. So he brought in some spoken word artists, some some rappers, some singers and producers, engineers, a whole bunch of folks. Um, that related to his his work, his research, mm-hmm. and then we spent four months um, creating this album based on the the content that he got from his research, okay. and uh, then he kind of presented his dissertation along with the album, oh, um, wow. and he he ended up winning dissertation of the year. I would imagine. Um, and when we were done, he decided that this was such a great idea, and it was so powerful that he wanted us to continue. 
So we just kind of continued, and we've been around different states, and we perform, mm-hmm. and we're a little different because um, we perform with a message. We we come in with um, impactful statements, and it's all like directed towards something specific, mm-hmm. and so we get we get brought into different universities and different organizations to to kind of perform and to speak uh, on the topics. So yeah, it's been it's been a great experience. It's really good. Yeah. And and yeah. how can people find it? Um, right now we don't have a website set up, but they can find it through me cause I, I post about it. So okay. put the link, um, for my, my Instagram, but okay. we have a lot of things working on. We're actually going to do a new album, um, coming up in this, this year, I believe. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll have more information at that time, but they can follow it through me, through my, my Instagram. Okay, great. Yeah. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll make sure to put your Instagram mm-hmm. on the screen so people yeah. can follow that. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you hear the rhythm when he talks? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. It's very, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, uh, so when I was listening to your Ted talk, uh-huh. which was really good by the way, and uh, we'll play a clip for everybody here in just a minute. When you got done with the poem part, yeah, I couldn't tell if you were, out of the poem part because <laughs> you speak with you have rhythm when you yeah. speak you know like and yeah. it's like it's I musical mean, yeah. yeah 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 which is really cool which yeah. i'm sure a lot of that has to do with you do you know this for a living mm-hmm. and you're you're I'm, I'm assuming like with the with the poetry piece is very similar to to hip-hop where there is rhythm to it right yeah so i imagine like if you spend a lot of time doing that I, what do you catch yourself kind of being in a rhythm when you talk sometimes or like have you noticed that or I do um my words have changed um my like my vocabulary has changed is enhanced and the way I speak is in rhythm and mm-hmm. um everything I write it's even my notes sometimes like mm-hmm. be careful. <laughs> sometimes I have to really reread my notes and like am I writing it as a poem or am I writing <laughs> right, right. am I writing a note <laughs> he's talking about his therapy notes yeah, for people who don't know he's <laughs> yeah, yeah therapy yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm so used to writing that way um and I outside of like doing therapy all I write all the time mm-hmm. and so it's just such a practice that you get in rhythm mm-hmm. um, and I don't perform as much as I used to but when I get back on stage it's just like you know like riding a bike I get right back into it right oh, wow. yeah. that's really cool yeah do your clients ever say that to you that they feel a rhythm in the way you're speaking yeah there's yeah. it's like a it's just I always call it a superpower I kind of embraced it I embraced it because it makes me unique and different. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, obviously we're therapists, but we have other skills and and hobbies Mm -hmm. and passions. And and, um, I think that's kind of how the TED Talk stuff kind of came about. Um, I kind of brought in kind of my passion into my work. And so the idea behind that second TED Talk about um, trap therapy and how I use poetry in my therapy, it's just me embracing, like, my passion, like two passions, Mm -hmm. mental health and and Uh poetry. Yeah. And kind of combining them as a way as a useful tool in therapy. So. Yeah, oh, I can right. see that. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. beautiful. It is. Uh-huh. Do you care if we just give people a taste of it real quickly? Sure. That's powerful, man. It is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to share, if you don't mind, like kind of the idea where that came from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please do. So a lot of times doing spoken word, um, I speak for myself, obviously my experiences. But a lot of times I'm trying to give voice to others and other people's experiences. And uh, working with a lot of juveniles in the uh, juvenile system and on probation and hearing what they got to say and express themselves in therapy, um, I got got influenced by giving them a voice Mm. of how they feel and what their experiences are. I I think sometimes we judge them for the the charges or the consequences that, you know, they're up against. Mm -hmm. And we kind of forget 
kind of the lens of where all that came from yeah. and why they chose those decisions and, and mm-hmm. why they got to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of unpacking that, that was me speaking from them, for them through their lens um, when I make comments about the, some of the actions they've done. But, like, we forget about their past yeah. and we think about their current status. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a, a, a poem to kind of focus on their experiences, not just the current experiences, but their past experiences sure. that kind of led to mm-hmm. to some of the, maybe some of the poor decision-making that they, they've had. So, yeah. sure. so yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's very powerful. But <clears throat> listening, trying to listen to it as a person and as a therapist, you can hear all kinds of attachment theory and trauma theories mm-hmm. in there, right? And mm-hmm. speaking about it in the way that you do on that platform, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure that people have heard those words, but the way you put it together, you can hear trying to tell the story, right? And um, thinking about how in trauma we talk a lot about, it's about what happened to you, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of that statement. I can hear that. I was trying to tap into like people's empathy for these Mm -hmm. kids who are going through some of these challenges. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like working with some of the parents and the POs and the judges and things um, that I work with when dealing with kids in that circumstance, I feel like um, sometimes we're giving up on them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're just trying to get them through the process or we're giving up on them. Um, and a lot of this stuff is generational. So I tried to throw in generational trauma mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in there, talking about my father's grandfather's flashback, um, mm-hmm. trying to talk about some of the things they that we inherit from yes. some of the experiences sure. that our, our relatives go through. Right. Um, to know that even though they got charges in their actions, where is that linked to? Yeah. Where is right. that coming sure. from? Why are they making these choices? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the like something to help them, mm-hmm. help others who don't know what these kids are going through yeah. understand what they're going through. Sure, right. absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably my my favorite line in there. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's really packed and listening to it for the second time. Um, there's just even more, you know, but, uh, when you said that part about, and you kind of just mentioned it now too, is like that I, you know, stand on the corner or whatever and I, and I have forgotten my past as you have, of course I'm butchering it right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. I forgot my past as you have forgotten my past. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, I love it when artists, um, say the exact same line, Right, net, right, adjacent to what they just said, mm-hmm. but they say it with a little bit different inflection. It has different mm-hmm. meaning to it, right? Because yeah. that's basically what you did. Um, but I think, like you know, there are a lot of people that won't hear that if you were just to say that to mm-hmm. them. They won't hear it. Yeah. But they, but, but something when you put when you do something like poetry or music or whatever, and you. You put your your words are intentional and you put rhythm behind them and it, it kind of gets around our defenses mm-hmm. and some now there will be some people that just will never hear it mm-hmm. you know yeah. but there are some people that will hear that mm-hmm. when it's in that format yeah. and it gets around all those defenses yeah and I think that's I think that's important for I, I would imagine like for the kids and anybody who's gone through or has those life experiences. That's probably a very meaningful acknowledgement of what they're going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for people like me, mm-hmm. who who I don't know what it's like to be in poverty to that degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what it's like to have 
a history of oppression for 400 years, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, it, I th- it's important for, I think people like me to, to hear that and maybe, you know, go, hmm, you know, it's the Sue Johnson thing where it's like, hmm. when the dog, yeah, the dog, that's an inside therapy joke, Yeah, you know, or the dog kind of cocks their head at the, the kid playing the recorder or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, kind of, we can all imagine the dog cocking their head a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, and thinking about it. And definitely. when when you said that, I'm like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. like yeah, that's that's good, yeah. and that's good for for people who don't understand um, the people you're speaking about. Mm-hmm. It's good for them to hear that. Yes. In in my opinion, in that way, mm-hmm. at least there will be some who don't. But. Right. But I think that's the beauty of art too, right? Yeah. And that it connects. That's mm-hmm. that's why it's important. I'm so thankful you said that because the way I write my poems, I write them in layers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like on the surface, if you just read through it, you gain something from it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can understand where it's coming from just on the surface. But I feel like if you really dissect what I'm trying to say, there's more things that are mm-hmm. layered in there for mm-hmm. other people to grasp and to understand. And it may not connect to everyone, but some will. And if some wanted to try to connect to it, they could go deeper into it mm-hmm. and try to connect with it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's very important to me. Okay. Another thing that you said that is important to me is I'm trying to connect, obviously, with the, with the, through the lens of the people I'm trying to write this specific poem for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also trying to, for those who don't know about that life or that story or through that lens, I want you to connect to it, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I want you to try, I want people to connect to it and say, there's, oh, someone's seeing me. I'm being yeah. heard. I'm being yeah. seen. But mm-hmm. I want others to say, you know what, this is helping me see them yes. or helping me hear sure. them. Right. So I kind of write it from both. So if you're going through it, I wanted to connect to, to you. But if you're not or you haven't experienced, I want the poem to still have value because I want you to see it through their lens yeah. mm-hmm. when you read through it and say, you know what, I haven't gone through this, but maybe I need to understand more about what they do go through yeah, and what, sure. what their experiences are. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it can be helpful on both sides. And that's mm-hmm. when I'm writing, I take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your audience. Well, mm-hmm. why, why do you think it is that our, our brains like alliteration, for example, or mm-hmm. or rhythm or... And it like evokes an emotion, you know, that you might not get if you just were to even just reading the words on paper and not hearing the 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 intent behind it. Like, sure. I mean, you, Carl, you have uh, just like I think any artist when they're painting something or whatever, they know where this is. I mean, coming mm-hmm. from, right? But mm-hmm. of course, we all get to to interpret it. But like, uh, nobody's going to hear that poem as good as it was by the uh, by you you know mm-hmm. if they were to just read it or something yeah. i'm just i'm just wondering like why do you think our, i wonder why our brains like really like that like i don't know for sure but my first thought when you said that was i think it mimics the heart the the heartbeat right that's one of the first things mm. that happens right is that connection and that rhythm yeah that mm-hmm. lemon which is life right and so right. maybe there's something really f- i don't know I, I have no scientific yeah. Uh, study mm-hmm. to back this up that I can recall. But it just feels like yeah. that rhythm of the heartbeat is something we're familiar with right away. And maybe there's something that mm-hmm. soothes the nervous system when things are alliterated and re- repeated, and that there's mm-hmm. some kind of pattern you can Yeah, pick maybe up that's on. what it is. It feels like order and control. Perhaps. And- 
Yeah, and without yeah. knowing the, the science behind it, I think in my sessions, one thing I really try to do as a therapist is I'm trying to invoke thought or feelings or emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with my poetry. I always tell people, when they ask me, like, what's your style of poetry or what, you know, what do you do? I said, it's about being disruptive. And that mm. always throws them off. Like, what do you mean disruptive? Because disruptive is looked at as a, a negative term. Sure. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to ch- But disruptive is more about change. Yes. Right? Sure. Yes. So when I write, right, like I try to write to make you feel something mm-hmm. or to make you think something. Right. So even if you don't think something that, like, even if you disagree with what you're feeling or what you're thinking, mm-hmm. I still moved you. Mm-hmm. I still di- mm-hmm. disrupted you, mm-hmm. to, which is going to make you be in more thought. Absolutely. And the goal is to disrupt you. And I, I used to be an English teacher. And I used to teach poetry, and one thing I used to tell my students, I'm like, I want you to disrupt how I feel when I read this, Mm. to disrupt how I think. I said, if you write this and I don't think anything, I don't feel anything, then why did we write it, Mm -hmm. right? So I want to make you feel and want to make you think. So I think emotions and feelings is what I try to drive when I'm Mm -hmm. writing. It's like, can I get you to think? Can I get you to feel? And then it's more impactful when you can do that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's just like an orderliness to it, like, you know, um, mm. I think music's like that too. And I think there was a study, and I'm, so I'm going to give my disclaimer here that I want I want the right to be wrong on what I'm about to say. But I I want to say I remember uh, reading a study that said something to the effect of that basically um, happy people listen to sad songs. You know, mm. and the the idea is that you know the song itself doesn't uh, produce an emotion it taps into it already mm. so it's a um, it's not a sad song it's just it's sad to you mm. because it tapped into some aspect of your own story mm-hmm. right and um and i think like even with music and stuff you know it's it's there's we feel safe with music mm-hmm. right but if if uh if i walked up to somebody just randomly and you know, quoted some line from a, some lyric from mm-hmm. a song or something, uh, thinking that's going to have the same impact. It likely would be defensive and probably a little weirded out. Wondering, like, <laughs> well, first of all, weirded. Why are you yeah. quoting <laughs> Kanye to me, yeah. man? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Yeah. But um, and so yeah, I mean, we're all just kind of speculating here. I mean, we're probably all wrong on why it does what it does. Perhaps. But, but I think what universally is true is that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, most people like they like uh, mm-hmm. words and they like rhythm mm-hmm. to, it, to mm-hmm. it. That's why we have music. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I believe spoken word is is nothing but storytelling with a visual aesthetic mm-hmm. um, that kind of desires connection, and that's mm-hmm. really what we're trying to do when we're right. up there and speaking. We're trying to connect, mm-hmm. um, connect you to our stories or connect to your story, but giving you a visual and doing it with style mm-hmm. and yeah. doing it with different aspects, using our voice as an instrument. Um, to kind of mm-hmm. give you that connection. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of overlap to therapy as well, right? Absolutely. Connection, creating yeah. images and stories. Yeah. 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 It's very seamless to connect poetry and therapy. I can see yeah. that. Because people are coming in there to tell you their stories. Yes. So you're basically giving them a rhythm. Yeah. You're giving mm-hmm. them like yeah. a story that has a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. uh, which is expressive and it's open and it's vulnerable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so people connect with that. And then mm-hmm. they get to write it in their own words and mm-hmm. take time to write it. Yeah. And so when I've done it with clients, it's... You know, I do I have a format how I do it, but when I do it with clients, they, they feel relieved. There's mm. a relief of, like, I'm getting to tell my story yeah. in my words, and I'm getting mm-hmm. to say it out loud yeah. in, in therapy mm-hmm. to someone which is vulnerable. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think when, when we <clears throat> just started today and the power of the spoken word, 
I thought how many times I've had people say, what, we just come in here and talk and this changes things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or you tell people what you do, you're a therapist, so what mm -hmm. do you just talk and people mm -hmm. just listen and that, that changes them? Mm -hmm. um, and the answer is yes, of course. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I like that. Uh -huh. um, but the interesting thing too is, is that words is often why people are in here to begin with. Too. I mean, think about, yeah. you know, some of the most heartbreaking things I hear in a therapy room aren't things that happen to people as much as things that are said to people, mm -hmm. especially kids. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're telling their stories about something that was said to them that that just stayed with them their whole mm -hmm. life, you mm -hmm. know, and impacted them that way. And it's interesting mm -hmm. that it's the... It's, in a way, I mean, there's there's also treatments like EMDR where there's not a lot of speaking happening, right? Right. right. And um, um, it's just interesting that, you know, in talk therapy, we're using the mechanism that was, the, you know, kind of the culprit to their pain. To we're we're using healing. that same tool for healing, mm -hmm. you know, and so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, adding layers of spoken word is you're you're helping them learn the language or giving them the language. Yeah. A lot of times they don't know how to say it or um, how to express it. So you're trying to help them help right. them find that language. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and it helps them kind of clear out and unburden themselves using an yeah. IFS term like unburden themselves yeah. mm -hmm. from yeah. their experiences. That and again another IFS term the exiles that were created. You mm -hmm. help them go in the past and retell that mm -hmm. story. Yes. Um, but tell it in with, from self, mm -hmm. from the present right. day, which helps them unburden those exiles mm -hmm. and helps them free yeah. themselves. So, Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can see, especially in your experience and history of working with young people that mm -hmm. don't have the words, right? They haven't... Mm -hmm. They haven't been exposed. They haven't learned, you know, and it's different to learn it on a piece of paper versus say, oh, this is what I'm going through, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's very powerful to mm -hmm. to offer this fresh tool, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, sometimes yeah. you know how you <clears throat> want them to be vulnerable and speak it out loud and tell you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's safer for them to write it down. Yes. Yes. And then using spoken word, then they, they present it. You know, verbally. Mm -hmm. So you're getting to that vulnerability where they're saying it out loud. Yes. Which yeah. is what we're trying to get to where we can we can build yeah. off that. Mm -hmm. So I use poetry yeah. as an entryway a lot of times to, yeah. to get them to be, feel safe and to be vulnerable. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then we take that and we go through whatever modality or model I'm using. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But the poetry was the connection to yeah. help you get to that space. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. that line, name it to tame it. And yeah. that's kind of the vehicle that yeah. you do that. A lot of times yeah. when the teens are the younger, or if the in this case when they're court ordered, mm -hmm. they don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be involved. Sure. But you give them a platform or a path to say, mm -hmm. hey, let's let's just focus on how you feel, and you can write it down and write it how you want to write it. Let's use mm -hmm. poetry, and then they start being verbal, and they realize how good that feels mm -hmm. to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you form the connection, but you also have provided a safe space. Yeah. At the same time. And mm -hmm. now these kids are willing. Now they're like, when's the next one? What should I write about next? <laughs> and they're like, whatever you want to write about, you tell me. Uh -huh. And then that's when the therapy come in. You yeah. take, there's there's content and there's context in what they're telling you. Yeah. And so I, I would yeah. read their poetry. And then I'm like, okay, now I know how to follow this treatment plan. Yeah. Because you've yeah. given me a lot of information in yeah. there. And so we kind of go off of that. And yeah. They, mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't even realize we're doing therapy at that point. That's now my they're favorite, enjoying right? Therapy. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like, hey, what's the next thing we're going right. to write about? Right. I'm like, whatever you want. And then we'll yeah. go from there. So. Yeah. When you were listening to the poem, did uh, was your imagination forming images mm -hmm. and stuff as it was, mm -hmm. was going through it? Sure. Yeah. And images 
real people, groups of people, right. all the, you know, all the ways that I yeah. think we try to, cat- you know, the brain tries to categorize yeah. things into known and unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was probably doing. You- yeah, well, one of the ones that stood out to me too, because I think, I think you're right. Like, a, it's a, it's storytelling, right? Yeah. I mean, and storytelling is, uh, as we know from uh, Yuval Harari and mm. the, uh, what's the name of that book? Uh, Sapiens. Sapiens, or, right. right. Yeah. The mm-hmm. book called Sapiens. Um, it's a big, uh, theoretically, I think, um, um, anthropologists believe that storytelling is a yes. largely why uh, Homo sapiens have rose to the species of power, basically. And um, um, when you, in the poem, when you were talking about the, uh, the crack in like, mm-hmm. and and then it's like then it's the you know the crack or or in or the whip or the belt and yeah. like you're kind of and you start building on these terms. It's like it means one thing when you first said it, then you used it the same term in a different context, building on history. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's just it's it's going back in time. It starts with you know my brain starts with a a kid on in poverty on mm-hmm. a street corner, and then it's like. Now they're, you know, in a, in a home, and it's, you know, years ago, and they're, you know, before civil rights movement and stuff, and they're mm-hmm. getting hurt and injured and whipped, and then it's slavery or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, just, just it's crazy. really neat how and I, I didn't even think about it until we were talking about storytelling. Mm-hmm. That while that poem's going on, my brain, my mm-hmm. imagination is doing a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. In that. Yeah. So there's so many layers just to that part. And I'll share just a little bit of it. So you're right on the money. Like I'm trying to resurface the history. So I'm going back to the slavery, to the times of, because I'm trying to connect to generational. Yeah. Right. So I'm going into the whole slavery thing. Um, also, I'm, I'm going into the whole impoverished and mm-hmm. how it's hard to make good decisions when you don't have the resources and you're trying to survive. Yeah. But also, there's a layer that you would have to go deeper to understand where my dad was actually an, ad- an addict and he was on crack. So that line is personal. That line mm-hmm. is actually a layer from my life and my story, which even when I'm speaking to the lens of others, I try to include myself mm. and my personal story, and I kind of lace it in my poems. Wow. So even in that aspect, um, there's a layer of myself in that line, too. So there's yeah. lines in there that is for others, it's for me, because also when I'm writing, I'm trying to heal, too. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying oh, yeah. to heal my exiles as well. Yeah. And so as I'm writing, I'm thinking of all those aspects, and that's what I mean about the layers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just thinking about all of the the effort that goes into that and the amount of vulnerability on your part, mm-hmm. right? In an attempt to connect to your audience, yeah. right? Yeah. To invite their vulnerability. If I'm going to ask others to be vulnerable, I have to model that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I model that and I'm transparent. So yeah. I make sure that there's also a stronger connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to just speak through your lens without actually mm-hmm. doing the same doing thing. Doing it too. Yeah. Sure, yeah. that whole rule, right? Mm-hmm. We don't ask people to do yeah. it. We're not willing to do exactly. ourselves. Yeah. So I share my transparency my, yeah. and I model that, my mm-hmm. vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could I could listen to you talk all day. I know, yeah. I know. Um, uh, Carrie does get to listen to you talk all day. I know, she does. <laughs> I do hear you next Her door, office, yeah. yeah. I'll be like, next years. oh, yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if, if anybody listening to this can't tell, Carl's got a very booming mm-hmm. voice. So, mm-hmm. um, my poetry voice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'd be funny if one of your clients was like, is the radio on in there? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Some good, Some good radio voice. Called? Is it called slam poetry? Slam poetry, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. I love that. Uh-huh. Right. 
But um, as we probably better wrap up, um, mm-hmm. but I would like everybody to you know make sure you go check out Carl's Instagram, mm-hmm. and also you can find uh, his profile page because he's one of on our website, which mm-hmm. is familysolutionsok.com. Uh, he is one of our therapists here, and we're happy to have him. Um, you definitely add um, a unique element to it. You're also very well trained in a lot of other things. Yes, which I was I, I would love to dive into. We'll have to do this another time into yes. IFS because he was mentioning IFS. Yeah. So people who don't know what that I'd is, it's another form of a treatment. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I would say like IFS, if if uh, it w- w- might be more of a um, visual poetry mm-hmm. in a sense, and less spoken word and more imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and also very powerful mm-hmm. form of treatment. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, what to kind of wrap up, what what would be like when it comes to the power of the spoken word mm-hmm. and thinking about, a, you know, an audience of people that aren't therapists, they're mm-hmm. just kind of listening to this, uh, what, what would be kind of a final message you would, well, you would have? Yeah. Um, just there's healing in, in your story. I think all of our stories are important. So whether you're journaling or whether you're writing, mm-hmm. just just writing, or if you're doing it in style with poetry. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, I'm always about free poetry, like free writing. So I think a lot of times people get caught up in the specific styles of poetry. Mm-hmm. But I think your story is your poetry. And sharing your story and expressing yourself and being vulnerable does induce healing. Folks, to, to share their story, yeah. whether I'm, whether you're literally sharing it with others or if you're just sharing it by writing it down mm-hmm. and, and writing in a journal and with no intent for others to see it. Mm-hmm. But I think just sharing your story and poetry is storytelling and it's, it's powerful and it induces healing. So we all, want, we all need healing and we all need to, mm-hmm. to move forward in life. So I just use it as a tool. Yeah, yeah. Great. I like that. As a healing mm-hmm. tool. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks, Carl. Thank you guys for having me. We should do it again. We should. Sure, I'm humbled that you invited me. I'll I'll come back anytime. Okay, good. Got more to do. Yes. All right. Yeah.